0: You're listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabrielle Gelina. Hello
1: everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of the Car Guide podcast. My name is LP and I'm with my co-host Gabriel today again. Hi, how are you doing Gabriel?
0: Good, great yourself.
1: Good, good. We've been traveling quite a bit (laughs) lately and you've been on the road as well taping a lot of TV show, mm-hmm. um, a lot of content going on, a lot of things that we can talk about today, and a lot of things that we can't. Uh, but uh, somewhat we uh, we've managed to package up uh, quite a bit of a bit of uh, of an episode for you today. We uh, want to cover a lot of subjects, namely uh, the Sema show. Uh, that's ending, that's ended last week, and uh, also what happened in Vegas with Ken Block and Audi with the Hunitron, the electric, the latest uh, opus of this, uh, the madness with Ken Block and cars <laughs> in the middle of the road. Yeah. And uh, and lastly, well, our cur- or, or obviously our test drives and uh, some uh, stuff that I discovered in Japan with Honda earlier this week. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's start
0: With uh, the Sema Show, Gab, have you ever been to the Sema Show? Of course, and one thing that we can say right off the bat is that things ain't what they used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: think we've said that a couple of times talking
0: about shows in the last few episodes. Yeah. So you know, again, this year maybe a bit of a disappointment in terms of scale. You know, it doesn't have nowhere near the massive scale. Uh, that we 've seen in the past, and also you know in the past, you always had all of the well not all but a lot of the car manufacturers come up with specialty projects and right. special edition vehicles and things like that, and use the SEma show as a sort of a launching pad for 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 these new models or these variants on existing models so there's much less of that going on these days, um, so in a way, I think the, the SEMA show is sort of like following the trend of all the of, of all the other auto shows. But as you mentioned before, you know, this show, the SEMA show probably has a better chance of of, of making it, you know, through the years right. because it's not necessarily geared towards, yes. you know, the, 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 the grand
1: public. Exactly. The, yeah, well, so. the, the, the SEMA show has always been a place for manufacturers to kind of reach A younger crowd, a more grassroots motorsport, a more tuner crowd. And, you know, all the tuning trend, it's been, you know, it's been on and off you know, since the 2000s, yeah. but uh, the Specialty Equipment, because this, the SEMA show is the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association, it's an association, and they organize uh, uh, the show itself in Las Vegas, and there's all kinds of other shows around it, the Apex, which is more of a, a jobber-type uh, um, show which would, with all the normal, quote-unquote, car parts, and, and a lot of manufacturers from all around the world trying to reach out and, and, and sell their, their car parts uh, products. As well as body shops and and stuff, so the it's not open to the grand public, like you said. So it's it's not mainstream; it's more niche. But also, uh, the attendees are all garage. They all want to make new connections, buy new products. So it's like I said, it's a show yeah. that's that has a better chance than than the consumer shows that we uh, we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, business to business kind of stuff as well. You know, yep. so uh, obviously a lot of the uh, suppliers very much involved and in relationships with with uh, the oems manufacturers and things like that so right it's always a you know it's always a fun thing to go to it's just that that's that's what really sticks out you know yes like that things not are not what they used to be and know?
1: when when the yeah, big so. manufacturers start, started leaving like ford for yeah. instance had a huge huge almost half a floor to itself and now you know we haven't seen much of any anything about Ford except for consumer cars and 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 some some builds, very extraordinary builds, but not as big. As a Ford presence that they used to be, because they used to have uh, invite journalists from all over the world yeah, and, exactly. and and even launch cars, you know, consumer cars out there. But now it's mostly uh, uh, extravagant builds that we're going to see or people saw at the uh, at the SEMA last week.
0: Yeah, but you saw, you know, you made aware of a, a special car yes. that was uh, shown at SEMA. Yes, that's kind of original because it uh, it you know it's a, it it sort of like fits into that that mold of you know. Tuning and whatever, or creating a very special vehicle, right? And it also involves uh, you know electric drive. You well, know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know a lot of uh, racing series are popping up here and there and trying to tap into the electric market. Yeah. And la- as we spoke in the last episode, I think when we were talking about the Taycan uh, GTS, you know, it's road cars that are electric are not necessarily made for the racetrack because they're very heavy and the way they use. Their their energy is not you know basically made for for the track and you mentioned in your test drive that you know it's 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 a fun to drive car but after a few laps it gets tired and it's it's a completely yeah. different ball game. Um, now some companies want to try and offer grassroots racing and and you know amateur motorsport leagues uh, something to drive that's electric and not taking an existing electric car let's mm-hmm. say a Tesla Model 3 for example yeah, that yeah. would be a road going car and and preparing it into a race car that we would have the same problems as you mentioned at the last episode so this company is called uh, Scaler it's out of Toronto and they took a Toyota GR86 which is a fun car I think we yeah, both yeah. like this yeah, vehicle yeah. rear wheel drive front engine uh, swift little car uh, um, affordable and, and you know everybody uh, can have fun with this vehicle on the racetrack the company obviously gutted it and put a whole electric powertrain. Now, powertrain is made by a company called Hypercraft, and Hypercraft is, has made, according to the, uh, to the uh, uh, Scalar owners, they said that uh, the, the, uh, the, the powertrain was made specifically for racing. So, uh, the way it is cooled, it is an oil-cooled electric motor. And the battery is liquid cooled. It's chilled, liquid cooled. So that solves a certain problem of cooling on the road cars that we have because beating the Crap out of it for 45 minutes. <laughs> a road car doesn't work, but if it has different two different cooling systems, maybe you know it has a better chance of holding up. the uh, The uh, scaler says that it can race flat out for 45 minutes. We'll we'll have to see how it pans out on the racetrack. We there's a lot. If you check out the website or just uh, uh, the Car Guide website, you'll see a lot of photos, a lot of information about it. And uh, the company's been pretty thorough with with uh, the information and how uh, the build is made. So they're the uh, the uh, one thing I wanted to mention too, and then you mentioned that at the last episode, is that the the heavy cars. You know? yeah, so exactly. obviously this one is a race car. Mm. It's been gutted, so it lost a lot of weight, but still weighs a little bit more than three thousand pounds with a you know sixty-five kilowatt an hour battery pack. It's kind of impressive because the the weight of a GR86 is twenty-eight hundred. So we can yeah. you know they, it gained some weight. It was probably gutted from several hundred pounds, but still. You know, it's still. It's yeah, still when you dribbable. throw the
0: battery in there, you go right back up. <laughs> as <far> as <laughs> concerned. <laughs> but the specs are interesting because you know you're you're looking at uh, 328 horsepower. You're looking at 345 pounds feet of torque. Yes, and again for 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 something that light in a way, you know, 3,000 pounds is, is is not a lot of weight. Uh, we're talking maybe you know 1.6, you know, 1,600 kilos. Uh, of something course, like yeah. That. For so, the power, yeah. So for the power, that that that's quite good. Uh you mentioned rear wheel drive, but you know, notice all in suspension. So uh, right away, you know, you're 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 into serious business. We're not messing around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah definitely. And so, whole, Yeah. Yeah. So it looks it, it looks really good, you know. It looks like it could be a lot of fun on paper. Uh, I'd love to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll
1: try and reach out and see if we can put our hands on it. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah definitely. I mean, I, I saw uh, some of the schematics that the, the sca- that Scaler provided us, and the way the battery seems to be positioned. Yeah. Because in road cars, right, you have to position as a, in a skateboard fashion. It has yeah. to be on the, the bottom, floor, right? Exactly. Whereas this one it seems to be positioned as a as a tunnel in yeah. the middle. Kind of contributing to the good weight uh, uh, um, uh, distribution of the vehicle. I Haven't seen uh, what's the weight uh, distribution on it, but still, you can you can tell that it goes all the way to the front, and the the, the company tried to offset this weight from the big electric mo- motor in the back. Mm. Um, so yeah, we we uh, I can't wait to see it on the on the track. Can't wait to see how how actual grassroots racers and motorsport people and and drivers like yourself uh, uh, figure it out. So if you uh, if, you, um, if uh, any of you want to check it out, uh, Scalar Performance, it's out of Toronto, and uh, it's, the car is called SCR1, rear-wheel drive, uh, based on a, a Toyota GR86. <laughs> Next up... Uh, I want to talk about uh, something else that happened in Vegas. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, for us media people, what happens in Vegas never stays in Vegas, so <laughs> we're, you probably heard about Ken Block's new
0: uh, uh, partnership with Audi, but what came out of it is the Hoonitron. Yeah, exactly. So Ken Block did this uh, new video called Electricana, and for that video, uh, Audi built uh, an all new vehicle, and what's really obviously with electric drive, and what's really interesting about this vehicle and this whole idea is that usually when Audi does a special project like that, the car is officially called the Audi S1 Hoonitrone, right? Because it's you know it's built to pay homage to the famous S1 uh, racing car with which they uh, Walter Royal set the record at Pike's Peak mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's why it's called the S1, but. It's definitely a modern reinterpretation of that style of vehicle. It's got the big wind and the wing in the front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big, to keep it big, sco- yeah, big scoop. Big scoop. About. About. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, what, what's really key about this is that, you know, when they usually do a project like this, it would take, like, about a year to, to hash it out and to right. think about it and design and test. And this one, they did it in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does that happen? Huh? Well, it, it happens because... Obviously, you know, the, this car, first of all, you know, full carbon fiber chassis. Yeah. Um, and we, it's got four electric motors. And what they did is they, they took the electric motors from the RS Q8 Dakar uh, SUV, you know. Okay. And so they put one of these motors at each wheel. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> so this thing, yeah, and, and um, obviously... It's got also uh, four different uh, battery packs. Each of them is 17.3 kilowatt hours. Again, for the principles of weight distribution, yes. you know, to, to put that. Uh, so, you know, with, with, these, with these motors running at full bore, this thing generates 2,212 pounds-feet of torque. No. That's completely completely insane. Exactly. Tire shredding insane. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, when they did the this video that you can see obviously on, yep. on the web, Electricana, uh they went through 100 tires. That's while what building. Okay, <laughs> so tire know? shredding was a good uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a you know, for a video that that's not really that really that long, but you know, this thing is is absolutely, you know, just insane. It's
1: electric, but it's not very ecological. Exactly. But, yeah, and he, there are turns there's tires. Yeah,
0: there are scenes in the videos where he's doing sort of like a, a hairpin turn. Right. Except he backs it in. Oh, yeah. I with, saw that part. Yeah, With the full on the throttle, with the wheels spinning. Mm-hmm. Forward as the car is backing up into the apex of the airplane and then it shoots out the other side. Right, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's absolutely spectacular. And also, what was cool about this video that they shot is that at certain points they staged different Audi vehicles. You know, sort of like as props. At one point, you see uh, Tom Christensen, who's won Le Mans, I think, you know, over eight times, probably. You know, with with uh, with Audi. Yeah, and you see him like. Peering out of the cockpit of his R eighteen racing car. Okay. You know, things like that. So, okay. So the little, little uh, Easter eggs here and yeah, there in the exactly video. The video. If you, so if you're an Audi fan, you'll you'll recognize a lot of the classic Audi right. models and of course the original S1 and things like that. So it's really, really cool. But what's interesting is just that. You know the uh, how much did this thing cost <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I
1: I read a figure I don't know if it's right yeah.
0: but uh, about you know. about ten million apparently okay you know, to to build this vehicle from from scratch yes obviously using some components that they've they've uh, uh, already you know had on hand but nevertheless uh it just goes to show you know it's a, it's 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 another thing that Ken Ken block is cooperating with with Audi in, in the design of this uh, of this vehicle yeah and uh, the uh, the vehicle itself is is absolutely absolutely spectacular, and yeah. uh, the video. is
1: <laughs> There better be a lot of views on this video oh, yeah, because, because to pay for ten
0: million dollars <laughs> and but... to and close down Las Vegas, different stretches of Las Vegas, right. to, to, to shoot. Uh, yeah, I can't. I just can't imagine. And at one point, they were doing donuts inside the casino. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I just can't imagine what the logistics were in order to. To organize that, get the permits, <laughs> <That's gross. laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> and get it done. But it's uh, it's absolutely spectacular. Absolutely, I had a chance to see the car at uh, Monterey Car Week and when you look at it up close it's it's really really impressive oh okay yeah yeah it's, a, it's yeah it's, it's i was wondering a purpose the machine
1: yeah. yeah we see it on the video but yeah. we we see only gl- obviously a lot of tire smoke and a yeah, lot, but, yeah. but you you've had a chance to kind of you know snoop through
0: inside and see how how well you know at that time the uh, they didn't release any technical specs or anything like that right. so it was just like here it is and you know we tried to get a good, a good look inside and you tried to try and gauge what you know what's under the uh, not necessarily what's under the hood. But we can't say that anymore. anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Exactly.
1: right. laughs> under it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, and, and like you said, it's at four corners, four batteries, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's basically a, a rolling powertrain yeah. with a carbon fiber
0: shell on it. Essentially. Yeah. So uh, do yourself a favor if you've got uh, about eight or nine minutes while you're waiting for an appointment at the dentist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, want to see hundreds to of tires die, <laughs> yes, you can you watch go. that when you try a a video. video. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, on a trip to Japan uh, last week uh, to uh, visit some of uh, Honda's facilities, R&D facilities. Uh, Honda is uh, when you think about electrification now, uh, you see Kia, you see Hyundai, you see GM doing a lot of stuff at American brands. And Honda's been kind of in the shadows uh, in the last few years. We haven't seen much of them. Although their hybrid uh, powertrains have been proven to be good, and we, you know, they were kind of pioneering some hybrid technologies, but after that, it was kind of a quiet period. Yeah, yeah. a quiet period for right. Honda, and I think Honda was was uh, uh, deemed it necessary to kind of uh, reach out to everybody and say, "Hey, we're working on some serious stuff that you know it's going to get us somewhere." But I think that. You know, and until five years ago, Honda thought that the future was hybrid or the near future was more hybrid than full electric. And then the big guns came out everywhere with the Koreans and, and the Americans, and now they kind of have to put their stuff together.
0: Yeah, exactly. they sort of the playing catch up, basically, is what what they're doing. <clears throat> basically, you yes. That,
1: and, yeah. and 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 Honda has. So Honda has it's a car manufacturer, but also has so many other products, right? They have from weed eaters to yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, outboard, uh, you know, outboard uh, uh, motors for for uh, for boats. Uh, they have uh, private jets, uh, for aviation. So they kind of have to tie everything into their to their uh, uh, strategy to be able to say, well, we, we want to be a green company, automotive company, but also. Spread this technology throughout their other uh, products, and that's 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 a bigger deal for for them that maybe other manufacturers who don't have all those segments. Um, so Honda is working on the solid state uh, battery uh, component.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's you know that will be a game changer. Yes, you know, everybody is sort of like looking at that you know solid state batteries now because. Mm-hmm obviously it solves a lot of the issues with regards to the thermal regulation of a lithium ion battery where you need cooling and yeah it's so it, lighter yeah exactly so it's lighter more you can pack more energy and, right. into the same size battery or you can dramatically decrease the size of the battery and still right. have this, the, the 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 range of a larger lithium ion so yeah that would be a game changer there's still a lot of issues though to to be worked out in order to be able to uh to have a, a road car application. So, right. So did they share any information in that regards, or is that still very much hush-hush uh, so
1: far? <laughs> <laughs> That's very uh, much hush-hush so far. Uh, but, uh, however, as you may know, uh, Honda's working with General Motors uh, for their first electric vehicle, which is the Prologue SUV. It's going to be built on an Ultium platform, which yeah. is not, It doesn't have anything to do with solid-state at the moment, no. because it's all research uh, uh, uh yeah at this point in time and and Honda uh mentions and insists that it doesn't want it does not want a a battery partner for this solid state it wants to manufacture its own batteries in house. And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of, of, you know, processing. So so at the moment, working with the LTM battery for this uh, for this prologue. And then after that, they're going to have another. They want to launch another. Uh, they call it an AEV, an affordable EV, which is obviously a crossover. We don't know what kind of battery t- technology is going to be in there, but I think they're talking about 2027 or something for this one. Um, I mean, it's, it's all what, while I was there, it was, we were basically in a big, um, big conference room with uh, uh, in- engineers in white lab coats. <laughs> and they- so, so typical for Honda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and apparently those white lab coats have been there since you know yeah, yeah, the beginning since- of time. They were they yeah. were you know the uh, the the founder of Honda was working a was wearing white lab coat all the time,
0: and yeah. then they still have the
1: same cut yeah, the same it's, the it's same. part, of the, corporate it's part culture. of the corporate
0: culture whether you're the CEO or a line employee everybody dresses the same when they're at the plant
1: that's it the so they were showing program. us on boards yeah. you know the technologies and it was gone. you could see that it's it's they have the R&D facilities all the machinery to do uh, the solid-state batteries and stuff, mm-hmm. and they, they they can assemble it. They just have to test it. Yeah. They have to put it together and 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 put it in a car ultimately, because we don't know how 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 uh, what big of a deal it's going to be on the road.
0: Well, I think it's key because you know a lot of um, a lot of the car manufacturers are realizing now that this battery technology is definitely something that they want to master and also to control. You know, a lot of them are developing their own batteries. They don't want to go with. Uh, uh, you know, yes, maybe using cells and things like that. They don't want supply. to be dependent exactly. on nations who exactly. have the materials and the exactly. batteries. Exactly, so like they want to, that's why you see all these uh, car manufacturers building plants to make batteries next to plants or in the same area where they're actually going to assemble the vehicles that are going to receive the, yes. the electric drive and the uh, and the batteries. So that's, you know, that that's every manufacturer's leaning that way BMW same thing you know they uh, obviously the v, uh, Volkswagen Group same thing you know proprietary right. uh, battery technology so right. there you go
1: yeah. um, one thing that uh, Honda mentioned as well is they want to they, they, they're they talking about electrification but they're talking about carbon neutral as well you know to be carbon neutral in their yeah, whole yeah. every segment and you've been to Japan uh, and yeah. you know how hard it is in Japan to find an actual garbage bin yes you know <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's this, you know, you want to throw nowhere. something out, yeah, you yeah. better keep it, make yeah. a necklace out of it, you know, yeah. whatever, but you can't throw it out. The ultimate garbage, which is the, the you know, the, the landfill garbage is, you know, Japan has, tries to limit it the most. And I think that goes, you know, Honda has mentioned that, you know, if if, if we're going to go this way, we have to be able to recycle uh, the output or everything that we make, the c o two output from all these processes to be able to be carbon neutral that 's a big challenge yeah exactly you know and, and, and the way they want to do it, and they 're developing technologies quite interesting technologies one of the the, the the things that we saw is an algae from all the 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 organisms in the world they, they, an algae that can consume the c o two and turn it into a byproduct like resin ethanol, or food supplements. FDA-approved food supplements. So, we visited the, 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 uh, the, uh, the R&D facility where they do it. They showed us the strain of algae that they use and it's a living organism that can consume the CO2. And they say, well, we can have these, they had like um, on top of stacks of living algae in, in, in big aquariums on top of the R&D facility. And they say, well, if we produce CO2 in the plant, it can go through this process, and the algae will consume it, and we can turn it into biofuel or something that you know, like our, uh, uh, our private jets cannot be, you know, run on batteries or, yeah, or the exactly. boats or, you know, some, some things cannot, you know, physically fly or, 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 or drive without a little bit of fuel while well, they, they they're planning on using such technologies to produce biofuels now i'm I, I i see the way you're looking at me it's it's all research state now how is algae going to save the world we don't know but it's quite interesting to talk yeah. about and
0: it's something to know in a uh, that that one of the car manufacturers is working yeah, we're, on yeah we're we're kind of far away from the automotive business there <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless you know it's a, you're you're right it's, it's interesting to see uh, just how many uh, avenues can be explored, you know, with 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 science and technology. And right. Is it,
1: is it gonna work? How yeah. much does it cost? And is it scalable? And, and is it scalable yeah. in the yeah. end? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But you should check it out. It's called Honda Dreamo, and all obviously all the uh, the new technologies. We're gonna I'm gonna be writing a lot about that on the on the site because there's, you know, we we we're not we we didn't spend a week staring at uh, wildlife uh, the sea wildlife <laughs> recycling CO two. We actually drove some Honda right. one Honda. Vehicle and we also uh, did, did uh, a couple of car things.
0: And I hope that you got a chance to see the Honda collection. <gasps> I did. The, yeah, the yes. museum at the that's yeah, absolutely yeah. breathtaking, and the, the Ayrton Senna racing cars and yes, and know. the
1: pristine condition Civics. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Over
1: there, you can't you can't see them around here, obviously. But yeah. but at the uh, the the uh, at the M- Motegi racetrack exactly. Honda collection hall, I'm going to put up a gallery on the website for that for for you guys to see it, obviously. Uh, But yeah, so uh, uh, we hope to see uh, uh, a little bit more about uh, Honda electric vehicles because we've been waiting for them for a long time to see how how it pans out. And uh, hopefully for them that uh, the General Motors uh, partnership is going to help kickstart this whole uh, electrification plans for Honda. Yeah. Well, welcome to the club. Uh, Gab, last week you were in sunny California to drive some of BMW's finest vehicles, namely the limousine uh, i7, which is uh, gorgeous from the outside and uh, electric. Um, What what can you tell us about that?
0: Well, actually, you know, this, um, first of all, it's the seventh generation of the 7 Series. That's which. a very lucky car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a BMW's flagship. You know, the 7 Series has been around since 1977. Over the course of all these years, they've built 2 million units of the various generations. Right. So when you think about that number, you say, wow, 2 million, that's quite a lot. But when you look at the years, the, the, the time span, you realize that it's not. You know, it's a, obviously, this is a ultra-luxury car. BMW... Calls it now part of their luxury class of vehicles. So the luxury class is the seven series, the X seven SUV, and also the upcoming uh, X M. You know, with the yes l- performance hybrid, the, the first M badged vehicle it, yeah. that's electric. Exactly. So the um, that's quite um, quite quite uh, the, the statement that they're making because also you will be able to get a seven series either with the V8 twin-turbo, so it's the same uh, uh, displacement, if you will, same, you know, V8 4.4 liters of displacement, but it's a brand new engine. It's the S68 engine, so you're either going to be able to get that in the car, or you're going to get an i7, and the i7 is of course powered by two electric motors and is a fully electric vehicle with a 107 kilowatt hour battery. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big battery, it's, you know, it's a large car. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking, a, BMW also says it's the first electric luxury car. Now that's yeah, a little bit that's cheeky. A bold statement. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know, first of all, they don't consider the Tesla Model S to be a luxury car you know, because of build quality issues and things like that. And Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I, it's not, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. And then when you bring up the Mercedes-Benz EQS, they go like, well, it's not as roomy as our car. And they're right, because the EQS is more, in terms of size and in terms of uh, interior volume, it's a little bit closer to an E-class than an S-class. You know, it's called an EQS because they want to, you know, make you think that it's the, Equivalent of an of an S class with uh, with electric drive, but clearly it's not in terms of in terms of size. So the uh, they kind of conveniently forget about the Lucid Air, but but that's again yeah fringe kind of of market. You know, not not a high volume manufacturer by any stretch. One thing
1: I really like about it before you go on is the the fact that the i7 and the seven series, the gas seven series look really really similar oh my god it's uh, a few details
0: but, it, it, we're, the we're, cars look exactly the same yeah whereas most. at
1: Mercedes they, yeah.
0: they, did, they did something completely different which is yeah. you know depending on how you like it or you don't but it's very interesting so when you look at the i7 it looks like a gasoline-powered car you know executive sedan all that the uh, coefficient of drag is 0.24 it's good, but it's not as good as a Mercedes-Benz EQS which yeah. is 0.20 and things like that. And when you talk to them about that, they go like, "Well, ours look better." Well, but not only that, they say we could have had you know a, sweep, a swooping roofline towards the back. We could have had a boat tail, you know, back end to the car, make it slipperier. But you know, we would have made compromises on uh, headroom in the, in the rear seat. And in the volume of the trunk, and we didn't want to do that. Okay. This, they said this is a true luxury car, and so you can fit your golf bags in the back. You have lots of headroom in the in, in, in the rear seat. It's easy to get in and out of the in the second row. So they really wanted to 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 keep that and to to make it like again, you know, a true luxury car that just happens to have electric drive. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's their that's their key thing. So the car is. Obviously because you know it's such a large battery, it's, it's very heavy. it's two point uh, it's 2684 uh, kilos exactly. Oh, yeah. so it's about 300 pounds heavier, the, uh, 300 kilos sorry heavier than the uh, 7 series with the V8 twin turbo. But the weight distribution. the weight distribution of the I7 is uh, 50.8 on the rear axle. Which means it's 49.2 on the front axle. So it's almost perfect 50. 50 yeah. Wow. Whereas with the V8, that, you know, obviously it's skewed because mm-hmm. the big heavy engine is at the front of the car. So that was the key thing yeah, as far as the V8 powered car. I think it's uh, 55 at the front, 45 at the back. So when you drive them, that's the one thing the i7 actually handles better, even though it's heavier. And uh, because of that, because it's, it's perfectly balanced. And um, what's amazing with the i7 is that when you drive it, you know you know that it's a heavy car because you've read it on paper. But when you're driving, you don't feel the weight. Mm-hmm. It drives like a BMW drives. You know, it drives very much, uh, very good with uh, driving dynamics. Oh, okay. They, they say they wanted to make the best... Uh, uh, luxury class car to drive and to be driven in. Yeah. And it's quite, and I think they've succeeded. You know, it's it, it drives really, really well. It's, it's uh, in sport mode, you know, I would have liked, you know, a little bit more uh, steering that's a little bit more heavy, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, more feel, but that's about it. And, um it it really really handles very very well, uh, zero to one hundred in about five seconds. You know, which so, is pretty impressive yeah. for that that size of a car. Yeah, yeah. It, again, it's it's a it's a large vehicle. Inside, well, inside you've got the uh, the new curve display and the iDrive eight interface. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous inside, and they have an option <laughs> which is called the theater. Screen. Oh, I saw that yeah, yeah. for the rear seat. I actually used it, you know, I went I went uh, during the drive one of my fellow journalists was driving and I went to sit in the back on the passenger side and I used the executive chair which has the, the footrest mm-hmm. and uh, leans back and you know it's almost like being in a first class uh, seat on an airplane and When you activate the theater screen, first of all, it comes down from the ceiling. It's 31 inches across. Which is the biggest, you know, (laughs) in the rear that we've (laughs) ever seen. seen. (laughs) And all the window blinds close automatically because, you know, you're going to watch a movie. Oh. And um, so you can use, you can obviously download content to be displayed on the screen, but you can also uh, go on Amazon Prime or on Mm -hmm. Netflix and queue up whatever, you, whatever you'd whatever you like to see. You can hmm. watch cat videos on YouTube. Yep. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and anything like that. The sound system is Bowers and Wilkins Diamond Audio. OK. 2,000 watts, yes. 35 speakers. <laughs> no no compromises. <laughs> no. This is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. With these cars, so, it's insane. And the, 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 the only problem, you know, when you activate all this, obviously, is if you're going to sit in the back while you're being driven, I don't know if you're going to become woozy or, you know, nauseous because you can't really see forward anymore. Right. You know, you can't see the road or anything. For the driver, it's also an issue because when the screen comes down, the center mirror is completely blocked. And because you've activated the executive seat, uh, the front passenger seat has moved completely forward. And the seat back is is almost like on the dashboard. Right. So you can't see... Out the passenger side. Oh, yeah. Mirror okay. Either okay. Know? So it very much a visibility issue for for the driver. Yes. And when I asked them, you know, why didn't you just use the images from the camera and display that into the uh, the the center uh, mirror, just like Cadillac does? Yeah. You know. So, well, you know. Yeah. No. No, we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> just, okay. <laughs> so you would have thought, you know, this would be a good thing. But anyways, so this car obviously you know i don't know if people are going to ride around the back also the theater screen is available on the uh, 760 with gas powered yeah uh, but uh, i don't know if a lot of people are going to be riding in the back watching content while being driven but i think it's an idea an interesting idea if you're stopping to charge you know if you're stopping to charge at a fast charger and you're getting you know the battery booted up from you know 10% to 80% in about 15 minutes or whatever That's a couple little cat videos in there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can at least do stuff. (laughs) And, of course, this new BMW i7 is going to come to the market in Canada on November 26th at the exact same time as the uh, BMW 760 Li xDrive with the V8 twin-turbo
1: engine. Good. For my part, uh, I was also uh, in California a couple of weeks back driving a totally different vehicle, a completely uh, different vehicle. Uh, a pickup truck, uh, the uh, Ram 2500 Rebel, which in the industry uh, it's starting to spread a lot of off-road uh, variants on trucks. We've seen, you know, the Ram 1500 Rebel, of course, uh, with you know body cladding, uh, protective uh, 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 components uh, on the other underbody, uh, some. Uh, off-road suspension, off-road goodies, and now there's a lot. You know, it used to. It started with smaller uh, pickup trucks, uh, the mid-size, and then the full-size got in, and then now we ha- you have t- two or three different levels of off-roading. And now these trucks, that the heavy-duty trucks, which were, you know, b- basically haulers, or on on job sites and uh, made to tow or made to go to work. Now come with these trims, off-road trims, which. Basically, we can question their their, uh, their um, relevance relevance <laughs> because that type of a truck in a in a trail. I got to tell you, it's it's kind of a gamble, but nonetheless impressive to drive.
0: Yeah, I think it. You know, clearly they're sort of like keying into a demographic that really wants to, you know, have that, that more tough, rugged kind of uh, kind of look. Right. You know, so uh, it it just goes to show, you know, just how much. Uh, How versatile, you know, pickup trucks can be because, you know, yeah, they can be workhorses, but they can also be playthings and they can also have, you know, all kinds of different styling and packages and whatever and you can sort of like design sort of like the the ultimate you know, truck for like what you're looking for and exactly
1: or the image you want
0: exactly to project or, or what
1: you kind of want to compensate for in your
0: life. <laughs> We're, not that, <laughs> We're not getting into
1: that. So the power the uh, I'm sorry the uh, the twenty five hundred Rebel is just under the power wagon. The power wagon is the ultimate off-road a uh, uh, big truck that's on the two thousand five hundred and this one the power wagon has more off road goodies uh, whereas the ram is a little bit cheaper but doesn 't have as many we 're talking about uh, a rear locker but not a front locker whereas the power wagon has a front locker i mean it 's all stuff that when I was driving it in the trail y- you know you put a lot of gas in it and you you 'll get up the hill you know yeah. it's it's not it 's not a complete so this does the ram this ram rebel it 's not Uh, uh, as well equipped as the power wagon, but for 99.9% of the people who decide to go from the job side to the trail, for for whatever reason, it's going to work. What's interesting about the the, the Ram 2500 AG Rebel is that it's available with the Cummins 6.7 liter uh, turbo diesel engine, which the Power Wagon was is not. So, some people who want the uh, the diesel engine option on this vehicle, it, you know, it, it, it's 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 available. Um, I found that driving uh, obviously these 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 trucks, the Power Wagon, but this one as well, on the road. Uh, a little bit of a choppier ride uh, you know ram we're used to some a little bit more cushy a little bit more comfortable especially com- when compared to other pickup trucks the Rams are, are, are you know offer a, a more comfortable ride on the road and if you're going into the uh, the off-road trims you're gonna you're gonna compromise a little bit of that drive uh, Ram proposes something to fix that uh, 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 nerve suspension in the rear uh, for towing but also enhances uh, uh, the road comfort um, so little uh, a lot of uh, technologies in there. New a new rearview mirror that you can have. Three different uh, um, camera angles for your load, whatever you're towing, and um, a new a new rearview mirrors on the outside as well for Ram that are that are more adapted for for towing, and uh, the rest is much like everything we know about Ram, which is big, bold, lots of chrome, yeah. and uh, and and capable, capable, uh, but uh, you know. These off-road trims as well or not? You know, they're, they they offer because of the, all the off-road equipment that they have on there. They offer sometimes a less uh, towing capability, so you kind of have to compromise, you know, on on there sometimes depending on the engine. And in the end, like you said at the beginning, I mean, this it's a niche market, and the HD trucks they usually end up in the hands of companies that want to. Kind of uh, uh, um, um, have these vehicles as work. It's like a, it's like a tax deduction, right? So if you put an off-road package on it, you're kind of. Um, um Giving an employee, a very good employee, a, a better truck on the yeah, work side a perk. of it. Yeah, a perk, right? So I don't want you know, I have a lot of construction friends and if you drive a an XLT or you drive a WT, you're at the bottom. You're you're like a, a worker and then the foreman drives a limited and then the project manager drives a, a King Ranch, you know, and it's it's like a hierarchy that's all tax deductible. <laughs> and, you know, makes a statement because that's what we
0: said, right? It makes some kind of a statement. So there we go. Status Anxiety on the construction site. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Gab,
1: it's back on the road for us in the next couple of weeks to drive and see uh, some newer vehicles. And namely, I think you are heading
0: towards uh, Sweden to see the new uh, Volvo EX90. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Volvo is doing a huge event in uh, Stockholm um, to launch uh, essentially, or to do the the reveal, the official reveal of the uh, EX90. Now, the EX90 is a you know a large SUV, uh, all electric drive, and it's going to come and come in into Volvo's lineup alongside the uh, existing uh, XC90, XC90 uh, yeah. SUV that we already know that's been around for for quite some time. Now. The key thing about this one, obviously, you know, when you think of Volvo, you think about safety, and um, so uh, this one is, um, they're using a lot of uh, hardware in, into this EX90 to make it as, as safe as possible, um, so as you're talking about, you know, sensors, about 16 ultrasonic sensors, cameras, eight, uh, five radars in, in, in the vehicle, but also a LiDAR. Yeah, you know, so lidar obviously is more advanced type of, uh, of of radar, so to speak, that can detect pedestrians up to two hundred and fifty meters away. So they're trying to make this this uh, this vehicle as safe as possible, not only for the people that are inside, but for the people that are around around you. you right. know, in order to be able to that the vehicle can detect that there's a, a pedestrian. Obviously, you know, we're talking about Sweden, we're talking about Stockholm, we're talking about um, uh, cities where there's there's a lot of foot traffic, lots yes. of bicycles, you know, so it's a very much of an urban environment, and Volvo has always been a, you know, very 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 strong on on safety. Uh, but again, you know, again, they want to protect not only the, the people that are in the car, but they want to protect the people that are everywhere. Right. Around. And if I'm
1: not if I'm not mistaken, these these technologies, if they're developed over there where it's snowy like it is where we live, these technologies are going to keep working when there's you know you know like a, a lot of snow on the vehicle. And the, the lidar technologies they yeah. keep they keep they it, keep they, sensing because yeah. we know some of the other technologies they yeah, just exactly. shut down when when
0: yeah you know so obviously. Uh, ultrasonic. Uh, you know, sensors and cameras can be uh, blocked by snow and ice. So that's why the, the radar comes into play and the LiDAR comes into play as well. So uh, that will add another, uh, another layer to it. Uh, we'll find out, you know, what kind of uh, electric drive this, this vehicle is going to have. Obviously, it's going to be all-wheel drive. We know that. But uh, we're going to get the information as far as the, uh, the, the battery. We know it's going to be a big battery. They're going <laughs> to tell us just how much. And, yeah, I mean, and so how whatever. fast it charges. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all that stuff we're going to find out um, in Stockholm. Good. Uh, for
1: my part, I'm staying in Canada, but uh, flying almost as far as you are <laughs> from the east coast to the to Victoria, uh, which is Victoria, B. C. They're having a launch event for the uh, Toyota GR Corolla, which is the hot hatch. Uh, that is track ready. We have a colleague Mark who's, uh, who's driven it uh, in uh, during uh, uh, the NACTOR, I, I think, in a, co- a couple of weeks back. And I've, I've he hasn't driven it on the track, and I know Mark is a very very good track driver. So hopefully I can compare notes with him and tell him how I felt about this vehicle. But reading what he wrote uh, on the website, you can you can also read what what uh, what Mark wrote. And then when I come back, obviously there's going to be a test drive uh, from my point of view. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. To drive this vehicle because it's it's uh, hot hatches are always uh, a pleasure, especially if they give they give us a uh, racetrack to be able to drive it on. And some of Toyotas, you know, we, we know we have driven, you know, the uh, the the Supra, the uh, the GR86 that we talked about. But this one is a completely different animal, but still uh, very high performance and and should be a very fun to drive uh, hot hatch. So. I guess we will uh, see uh, you guys in a couple of weeks and we'll get back with all our notes, reports and industry news. Thanks, Gab, again for being here and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, see you down the road. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.